Good morning and welcome back to HQI Sports here on VIC Radio. For today's episode, we'll be going over the HQI headlines, of, of course, to start the episode, talking about that magnificent game we saw in Chicago last night, as well as the, the latest updates in the MLB lockout situation. Then we'll be going over our, our NBA season award predictions. Then we'll be wrapping up the episode with, our, with who we think are the top five quarterbacks in the NFL heading into next year's season. With that being said, let's dive straight into this episode. Damian Williams runs to immortality and will be remembered forever in the Chiefs' kingdom. He drives one, deep left field, that goes up to back near the wall, it's out of here! Bartolo has done it! Curry, way downtown, bang, bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! And once again, welcome back to HQI Sports here on VIC Radio. I'm your host, Josh Ives. Joined by my side is my co-host, Parker. Hey-o. Hey-o. How's it going, Parker? Um, today, we're we're coming to you at a different time, but we are still have a, we still got a great show for you guys today. Absolutely so much stuff to talk about. Um, we're going to be starting with the HQI headlines, though, uh, because we got, I mean, there was, there was, there was a lot, there's been lots of news going on in the last few days, starting with the PGA Tour. Oh, yeah, so... This one, it's not the. It is actually a huge story. We don't usually talk about golf on the show, but I just felt the need to. I, I think I've talked about it on the show before. I come from a household that values golf a lot. Um, my grandfather owned a golf shop, whole lot of stuff like that. So I grew up knowing the name Phil Mickelson, and now uh, in the future, no one is going to know the name Phil Mickelson. <laughs> a uh, the American Express event on the PGA Tour, which is usually hosted by Mickelson and promotes his charitable foundation, has said that he will not be involved going forward. He also lost three sponsorships and had one frozen in the past week. Now, this all follows. Uh, he was he, the three-time Masters champion. He spoke out in support of a new Saudi Arabian-run Super Golf League, which was offering large guaranteed contracts to any golfers who joined. Now, I do not believe they would be forced to leave the PGA, but the schedules would be so conflicting that it would be very difficult to do the tour right. yep. and the Super Golf League. Um, and Mickelson... Made a very long statement about he condemned Saudi Arabia, but he still wanted to do it because he wanted to put uh, gain leverage over the PGA uh, in order to change the tour in the ways that he wanted to and make it better. Which, in theory, is a great argument, but he genuinely listed all the things in just the last five years that the Saudi Arabian government has done wrong. And then just said, oh, none of that matters because they're going to pay us and it means that we can change the PGA tour. This was rejected by every golfer on the tour immediately no i mean no real surprise there the man got he he got hammered he got destroyed on social media um and now just everyone on the tour is out on him yeah he'll he'll still be allowed to compete because this is not saudi arabia you you do not get persecuted for saying what you think (laughs) but i seriously doubt that any of anyone's going to want to golf with him so uh, it's going to be hard. Yeah, this I, is, I'm sure you know golf is done in twos. It's going to be complicated. Yeah, this is definitely this is definitely going to be. Um, it, it's definitely going to hurt Mickelson's image. I think going forward. I mean, there was. I mean, it's he just killed his own legacy. Right. Like, well, I, well, no, I don't think it entirely. But it, no. I mean, you read you read the stories about this whole incident, and I feel like golfers who've been asked about it, like this is not like anything new from Mickelson. Like this is like this is not unexpected from what no. he, from what from who we kind of. But it's the first time the public has really seen this super like this is greed. This is pure greed. Well, think about it. We, we honestly saw this not too long ago happen with soccer. We remember the whole story of like the um, I can't remember the exact name of it, but it was it was it was not the Champions League, but it was like oh, this, it was like this, it was a super I think it was, it was called the Super League. It was League. like the Super League where they had like 
eight or twelve of like the the most like wealthy soccer teams throughout Europe. Like they would just create their own little league and have it like be like the per, not the Premier League because they were supposed the, to replace the Premier League. It, it, well, it was it would essentially it would essentially make every it, it would ruin the it would it would have ruined the Champions League and it would it would have been terrible for soccer just in general. Yeah, I feel like this the situation is sort of it's not exactly oh, it's extremely similar. It's it's not completely similar, but it's definitely similar and just like. I mean, I'm 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 obviously not opposed for golf or any sport in general trying different things, but this is this is obvious. This is like this is obviously a bad idea. And even if you take the Saudi Arabia and the politics out of it, the, the geopolitics, this is a large scale thing. But <laughs> taking the geopolitics out of it, the average golfer on the tour makes well over a million dollars now because it's like these guys of, aren't paid or anything. No, golf, exactly. Golfers it's, are. Incredibly There's not rare. bad conditions. So I and again, I'm not a golf expert by any means. I would love for someone to let me know on Twitter or anywhere else, like what exactly, what leverage Phil Mickelson wants, what what he wants to change on the tour. Because to me, it's to to me the untrained eye. It seems they're paid extremely well, especially some a five time major champion who was a record holder. Um, it seems like everything is pretty fair for these golfers on the tour, unless he wants more inclusions about like introducing more golfers to the tour. But I even think that that way of getting uh, amateur golfers, getting them uh, elevated, even that seems like a good process to me, from what I know. I, I mean, I, I, I first of all, I, there is no situation with this where I feel like it ends up like being, turning done. out to be successful. He's retired. Now. It, yeah, it's it's just not a good look overall for Phil Mickelson. Um, I do want to talk about, though, um, last night's game with John Morant and the oh, Grizzlies yeah. taking on the Bulls. That was an absolutely phenomenal game last night in Chicago. Um, Chicago coming off of, of, of another De- uh, DeMar DeRozan just masterpiece. I mean, he's... I mean, he's making you look he's making you look like a genius. I mean, this dude continually is just showing out in every single game. But not when not when he came up against John Morant who dropped 46 points last night. I mean, he had some I mean, every game every game from Morant this season Parker, we've seen absolutely something incredible. There was a play so there was a play last night in that game. It was about I think it was like midway through the second quarter and Morant like comes off comes off um comes off a screen when he's off ball. He rolls to the rim. He gets he fed he gets he gets the ball like about like the free throw line, drives to the rim and does a 360 layup to the fo- to avoid the defender and finish. I mean, I it's absolutely incredible. It's just satisfying to watch. He's it's so, like it's like he's playing 2K. I mean, it's like I mean, it's like a repeat of the All-Star game. I mean, like the plays that we seen we see in the All-Star game from him. I mean, that's I mean, obviously it's a little extreme, but like that's that's normal. I mean, because of how athletic this guy is and how much he's improved, especially this season. I mean, there was another play in that game where it was like a give and go layup, and he finished it with like a tomahawk alley oop finish. I mean, it's just, there's so many plays like this throughout the season, Parker. I mean, John Morant. I mean, let's let's talk about because the Grizzlies are currently they're 42 and 20 on the season. They're currently third in the Western Conference, which, and they're probably going to stay even there. Even though they're third in the Western Conference, they're still eight games behind Phoenix. That just shows you how Ugh. good Phoenix has been this season, and just the difference between the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference this season. But let's talk about John Morant specifically, Parker. Where would you, just for this season, where would you rank him among current point guards? <sighs> no one's Steph Curry. Steph Curry will always be number okay. one to me. It's a tough he's, one. He's it's a tough obviously one. he's obviously top five, and I struggle to put him in top three. I don't know exactly so who's the other who's the other one to go along with Curry. <sighs> Give me yours. Give me your top like three. I right think. Now. Well, it's hard for me because the the term point guard. I feel like it's so it's such it, a fluid well, term. Year, We're moving year, towards positions. Year, basketball. year after year, it's it just com- it becomes more obsolete. I mean, I, I've 
whoever refers to someone as just a shooting guard I mean, Luke or is a small a forward anymore. I mean, it's just not it's – just, it's just – because you're right. It, basketball year to year becomes more positionless, which is awesome. I, it's great for the game, in my opinion. If CB3 wasn't hurt, I think I'd probably have him above, but over, he's hurt. Over Jaw? Oh, really? Oh, I thought we were. Ta- I thought we were talking Demar. No, over Jaw. No, not over. We're jaw. talking Jaw. We're, yeah, talking we're talking who? Jaw. Who? Where does Jaw rank among current point guards? Like people who are. I mean, as a, LeBron. As LeBron is now technically a point guard. Yeah. He. Uh, he. He's brings... still listed as a center on ESPN. <laughs> really? Yep. Jesus. Um. Yeah. So Le- I. I would think LeBron probably is still a little bit above Jaw because I do. I do consider LeBron a point guard. Um, when Lillard's healthy, I think Luca's he, technically a point guard. I was, gonna, I was gonna say Luca as well. I don't know if Luca's better than Ja right now. He's man. He has. He's more talented. Definitely more talented. I'm not, well, imagine saying that like two years ago. Right, you, you would rather have Ja over Luca. You you would look insane. I mean, it, I mean, Luca. Mark Cuban would strike you down where you stand. <laughs> Mark. God. Two episodes um, in a row, we mentioned Mark Cuban. Mark, Mark Cuban's everywhere. I'm going for three. <laughs> We're going. We'll find. We'll find a way to get him in next. Uh, next show. As we well. get an interview with him. <laughs> Mark Cuban. God. Um. But seriously, John Morant. I. I think he is top three part because I think. I think you're right. Steph is number one. Um. I would consider LeBron a point guard, and I think LeBron is the only reason why the Lakers aren't like oh, bottom three in the Western Conference. No this argument season. for me. Um. So yeah, I think Jaw is right up there. Obviously, it's hard to think of point guards when you're put on the spot like this. But yeah, I think Jaw is definitely certifiably top five. Um, we're going to be. I know we're going to be talking about him later in the show as well. So I want to move on and talk about um the the absolute madness that happened in college basketball last night. So fun. I mean, I don't follow college great basketball for, much. Not last great night was for great. me because this involved one of my teams. Uh, one of my closest teams in the Kansas Jayhawks. Um, if anyone, for anyone who's not aware, but. For anyone who doesn't know entirely, I believe it was seven of seven. the top ten of the top ten teams in the AP poll lost yesterday. Amazing. Seven. Yeah, not no, the one, got nuked. not two, not three, seven. The record was six. And was I don't remember six. exactly when it was set, but it was so this is a world record. This is the most top ten college basketball teams that have ever lost in the same I mean, night. Absolutely. And these are I'm gonna like, run down. It's number one Gonzaga. Number two, Arizona. Was, number three, top, Auburn. It was the top five. All, the top six teams all lost. Yeah. Number three, Auburn. Number four, Purdue. Number five, Kansas. Number six, Kentucky. And number nine, Texas Tech. All of them lost. And remember, this is like two week, two to three <clears throat> weeks before March Madness. March Madness is about it's, to it's kick right, off. It's right around Seating the corner. Seating just got ruined. I mean, not entirely because well, they all here's, lost. Here's, here's what I'm going to say. I kidding. think we all – because I, I pay attention to college basketball pretty closely. Much more than me. So – it was already kind of. It was already kind of known that there wasn't that that there there wasn't a dominant team no. in the field this year. Especially I mean, not Gonzaga, like Zag last Gonzaga, year. Gonzaga is a great team. Don't get me wrong, but even in their even even in their uh, not great conference, I, I think they're playing the West Coast Conference WCC. Even in that conference play, I mean, they haven't really been smoking teams. I mean, they should be beating everyone except for like BYU and St. Mary's by like twenty each game, yeah. and that just wasn't happening. Um, but St. Mary's was dominant. I mean, they were up by like fifteen yeah. in that game, and then one by ten. Like it was and that not, wasn't even the worst. It was not. Loss. A, it was honestly not even that close of a game. Like according to the stat breakdown, I was doing ESPN research, and apparently Arizona's loss to um, they lost to unranked Colorado, yeah. and apparently statistically, this is the worst loss by a ranked team to an unranked team since UMBC beat Virginia in twenty eighteen. Oh my which God. is one of the most that was the that was the number sixteen team over one. That was that was the only that was 16, the only that was the historic the, the literally the historic upset that. Will one almost, of my favorite highlights almost never happen again in my opinion. It might never happen again, genuinely. I mean, that's I mean, I understand why people obviously aren't massive college basketball fans. I mean, there's still don't get me wrong, there's still millions of 
of diehard college basketball fans. But part of the reason what makes what stands college basketball away from NBA is the fact that anyone can go down any night. And there's there are no series. I mean, because obviously the NBA is dominated by like series and playoffs and just throughout the thing. But I mean, just the because it, I mean it is kind of similar to the NFL, Parker, especially with March Madness. Like any team, how doesn't matter how good the other team is. If, if one team gets gets hot or is just finding a rhythm, any team can go down, and that's that's part of the reason why I've been a college basketball fan since I was a little kid. Just because of because of the unpredictableness of college basketball. That's, I mean, that's I mean, some people don't like that, but I I, I I'm a firm believer in that. Whenever I, I, I whenever, like whenever your sport is unpredictable, it just makes the, it just makes the content better. I want I want to move on to our last headline though, which is is uh, continuing to cover this MLB lockout situation, which unfortunately doesn't have any more positive news. I mean, we're not we're not even necessarily going to be updating you with the, the most current information. We just, want, we just want to continue to talk about what essentially is going on. Because Parker, the the, the deadline set for for the twenty eighth of, of February, which, which which is tomorrow, the end of tomorrow, I think five p.m. tomorrow, like end of the business day. Yeah, if there is not an agreement reached, which there's apparently rumors that there could be just a real there's, quick there's and dirty no way. something. I, I don't think so. There's no. There's way. rumors of just a quick and dirty, like something terrible getting scrapped out and saying, "Hey, we'll talk about this as soon as the off season starts next season. Let's just make our money." It's not gonna happen. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Um, yeah. So. Like you're you're about to touch upon it. If the deal is not reached by whatever time tomorrow that they have set, we don't. I don't think we know what the time is, but it's by no. the it's by the twenty eighth, the end of the twenty eighth. The MLB regular season will be effective. We will we will be losing games. We've already lost a lot of spring training, but we will be officially losing MLB regular season games if there is not a deal made by tomorrow. Which ninety nine percent chance that, that that there's no deal by tomorrow. There's a ninety nine percent chance. Yeah, I do not I, see something getting there's, done. There's no way it's going to happen. I mean this this is a this has been a story and just a uh, and this is this has been a story and a collaboration between the MLBPA and the MLB owners that has been moving at a snail's pace essentially the entire time. To the point I mean, that the started, MLBPA was reported yesterday that they were ready to walk out and just say, hey, well, we're not doing that was, this for a while. So, yeah, that was the most up-to-date information is that the, the meeting that they had yesterday what like turned hostile. Was like, it was it was a bad – I mean – I mean, I don't know the the we obviously don't know the full extent I of, wish of the details, but it was players and owners were not. It, it, it was it was it was a bad situation. No one's happy right now. I mean, it, but it, it honestly makes sense. I mean, it, like there, it it makes sense for these two parties who have been actually talking consistently, but no, they're not getting anywhere to boil over at times because this is obviously not a fun situation. And these, I mean, it's I think it's honestly finally settling that these people are going to be losing hundreds of thousands of dollars now. And honestly, it's just going to be unfortunate because honestly, with everything going on in the world right now, Parker, I just want to kind of sit back and watch some baseball games as the spring emerges. I and mean, I, there's nothing better. I mean, it's a great. It's baseball's a great time for sports. I mean, yeah. You got opening day. I mean, and then the seat. I mean, for baseball especially because the season's so long, your team can be horrible or even average for the attacked. first like three months of the season. <laughs> I know you're because the Orioles fan, but you're. And honestly, like the, the beginning of the season. I mean, it's kind of like similar to the NFL. No matter how bad your team plays, you always can still kind of battle, battle, battle your way back and make the playoffs. So I, I love baseball and to see it, and because I, I know we're going to be missing games. It's just now we were talking about this last time. It, now the question is more is essentially how many games are we are we, we going to be missing during the regular season, not if we're going to be missing games during the regular season. Exactly, and I talked about it on the weekly pitch. This is really just showing the point that you and I have been preaching for a while, which is we a while, which is we a while. 
which is oh, no, where the priorities lie of everyone. Right. The MLB was just talking about they, um, the MLB itself, the organization and the owners were talking about they were just promising your salaries are not going to get paid. You're um, you're going to hurt from this. And that just shows they are so short-sighted here. They think that this is all about the money. No, this is about player rights. It's about player safety, um, quality of life for players, minor leaguers, and major leaguers. And the fact that the MLB just keeps saying, you know your salaries are going to get cut, right? It just shows how short-sighted they are on this. And that obviously we're not going to get anywhere until you can see the forest for uh, for more than the trees here. It's it's obnoxious at this point, and I hate that we keep having to speak negatively about the MLB because I don't want to speak negatively about anyone. But this is ridiculous. At it this is point. ridiculous. I mean, no, it's 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 absolutely fair. I mean, what what baseball fans have have had to not witness, but especially handle from the from the MLB in the last five years. I've already talked about this a lot, but with the Astro scandal, with the with the spider tax scandal, now with the the the, uh, the sticky stuff on baseballs. Now this, I mean, there's so many different, I could go on and on about all the stuff that's been happening with baseball the last few years. Now to add this onto the plate, it's honestly, it's a little, it's a little sickening. I'm going to be honest. With that being said, though, we're going to take a very short break. And then when we come back, me and Parker will be revealing who we think is going to be MVP, uh, most improved player, defensive player of the year, all that good stuff in our NBA season award segment. Medical mistakes claim tens of thousands of lives every year. The healthcare community is working on it, but you can help. When you communicate with your doctor, when you ask more questions, you reduce your risk of suffering a medical mistake. Doctors can't answer if you don't ask. Help reduce your risk. Questions are the answer. Learn the 10 questions you must ask. Visit www.ahrq.gov. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality, and the Ad Council. Now back to the discussion. You are listening to VIC Weekend Sports Talk Shows. Now, Parker, it is time to talk about our NBA season awards. Uh, we talked about this briefly in our last episode, um, just talking a little bit about the MVP and Rookie of the Year, but we wanted to give a full segment um, as now the second half. We're, actually, we're kind of even past this, the Yeah, midway, 20 games left. Yeah, we're, we're past the midway point of the, of the NBA regular season, but we're now officially back from the All-Star break, so we kind of wanted to give our thoughts on essentially where we are now that we're, you know, like you said, we're about like 20 games left, 20 games left in the regular season approximately. So we're going to go over essentially all the main awards for this NBA season, starting with Rookie of the Year, which we talked about a little bit um, on our podcast um, back on Thursday. But we're going to go over just briefly right here. I'll, I'll let you start because I know, uh, I know you got, I know you got some opinions on this one. I, I have, uh, not. It's not the strongest take because it's not really a take. It's just what the odds are right now, <laughs> and it's it's most likely. It, it, it is what is the more likely thing to happen. It's Evan Mobley of the Cleveland Cavaliers. 
Um, similarly to how the MVP just tends to be the best player on the best team. Well, that's more of a football issue. It's not as it's not as much of an issue in the NBA, but it's still something. Um, Evan Mobley is the best rookie on the best team right now. Um, Cade Cunningham obviously is in the conversation, um, but he hasn't been he hasn't been able to turn the Pistons around as much as we had hoped. Obviously, they are better for having him. Um, it's the same thing with uh, both of the Jalen's, Jalen Green and Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs had a heck of a steal. Uh, I, I call it a scoop and score because I'm a football guy, but a steal and a dunk. Excellent. Bounced it off the glass. What a, what a highlight two nights ago um, down in Orlando. But no, Evan Mobley, he's just a very solid. He's, he's already coming into his own as a very solid big man. Yeah. Good defensive player. He's scoring pretty effectively. Uh, and this Cavs team has surprised a lot of people, and I mm-hmm. think he's a big component of that. I think a lot of the reason that they've been successful is no one is expecting them to be good. So he came out of the gates swinging, and he he came to play. I think story is a lot of this, because even mm-hmm. though no rookie is going to have the biggest numbers on earth, uh, un- unless you're LeBron, and Le- no one is like LeBron. Um, oh, and I already know where you're going with this, because <laughs> triple-doubles are everything to I, you. Cause you're, I mean, what? Triple-doubles? You're, you're, you're like a Russell Westbrook fan. I mean, yeah, not to not to spoil mine. I'll talk about Evan Mobley just quickly here. I When he when I watched him at USC, um, number one, he was number one overall player in his high school class, and I, I obviously knew that he was going to have a at least a solid NBA career going forward. All, I, I was worried about when I was watching him at USC, just no— I was worried that he didn't necessarily know what his offensive game was at times. Now he does. Because well, he was seven one, about 235, maybe 240. Can really move for his size, though. He's averaging um, almost 15 points a game. I, I so mean, yeah, he's, got he's, been, his playing, he's been playing great. And does it, not shoot well from three. No, but that's not his game. That's not. No, he's he's, he, he can develop that though. I mean, we've seen like DeAndre Ayton work on that, and a lot of a lot of, a lot of. I mean, Brooke Lopez was nothing. He shot no threes for virtually all his <laughs> and career. Then in the playoffs and then last and year. then and then oh. now he's a. I mean, now he's. A, I mean, obviously he doesn't play a lot now, but he completely revamped his game. But back to Mobley, the th- the thing that's even more. I mean, just shocking to me, Parker. I mean, when he got drafted, because I I I wasn't. I wasn't an MMO doubter. I was just a little I'll, I'll call myself a warrior. I became even more worried when he went to the Cleveland Cavaliers a knowing a organization well, historically. I mean, yeah. I mean, not obviously the greatest organization, but think about their roster. They already had Jared Allen, yeah. a guy who was 7 foot tall and they gave a large contract to. What are you going to stick next to him? And don't forget about Laurie Markkinen, 6'11 wing who also can play down low a lot. Where is Evan Mobley going to fit on this team? Well, he fits in just fine, like you said, averaging 15 points. I mean, he's been playing great, and like you said, he's the number one odds getter of winning the Rookie of the Year uh, award so far. Yeah. But that doesn't stop me from looking at other players like Josh Giddy. I absolutely love this guy. I He's super young. I mean, he's still only 19 years old, from Australia, was the number six overall pick um, in this past year's draft. He is averaging nearly 13 points a game to go along with nearly eight rebounds and six assists. I mean, did you hear what I just said? 13, eight, He's and six. He's also averaging three turnovers, but okay. Three turnovers? What? Who cares? Three He's turnovers just... a game is Westbrook numbers. Oh, no, it's not. Hmm? Russell Westbrook, I mean, He's Russell, cut back. Russell He's... Westbrook will turn it over eight times in eight minutes if you if you really ask him to. <laughs> if you give him the I ball, mean, yeah. I mean, and he's definitely, Josh, talking to Josh Giddy, he definitely has to work on his three-point percentage. I mean, only shooting 26% from three. I think that will, I think he'll obviously improve on that. I mean, I mean, every team, every NBA team obviously has their three-point um, they, they have they have exercises to work on your three point shooting. I mean, it's not it's this is not I mean this is a common problem in the NBA that can be fixed. 
But overall, just talking about his game, he's a phenomenal passer. I mean, he's great with the ball. I mean, he's he's six foot eight, Parker, but he literally plays like a point guard most times. I mean, I mean that's just, I mean that's that's the definition of the NBA right now. Is having is having a, a tall person who can handle the ball well, pass it, and then if you can they can even learn to shoot it, if you can learn to shoot from the outside ball, I mean, watch out. I mean, we're talking about. This is, this is the conversation that surrounds Giannis all the time. If, if you can learn to shoot consistently, it doesn't have to be a 40 point, 40, shoot 40% from three, but if you can work his way up to maybe 33 or maybe even 35% from three, I mean, this guy is going to take the NBA by storm. I was talking with the Athletics' Andrew Schlecht about this guy. I mean, this guy, he, he honestly thinks that this guy can be essentially the best player on the Thunder in a couple of years now. This is a team with already who already has Shy Gilgis Alexander. I mean the Thunder's the Thunder's future, Parker, yeah. as long as they have Sam Presti who has I think honestly has the best eyes for talent in the whole NBA as, as a from a general a general manager's manager's perspective. Josh Giddy is just another one of those players that the Thunder have seen, they've drafted, and I think they are honestly going to be very happy that they drafted him in the years to come. I'm not. I don't. I'm not saying he can be maybe the best player on a, on a, on a finals team, but I think but he, he can be up there. He's, he's a solid think, three. Yeah, I think either a three or maybe even a two if he continues to work yeah, on his game. We'll see. Right now, I think Evan Moby would win Rookie of the Year, but Josh Giddy, I think over over the if course he keeps momentum, over the course, yeah, point. over the course of these final twenty-ish games, I think Josh Giddy could have a real serious argument for winning Rookie of the Year this year. Now, I will say. Um, I, it came up because I was thinking the fact that we really have not mentioned Cade Cunningham in these, even though he has been a very solid player. I mean, he um, dropped like 25 the other night. Oh, he's definitely, he's extremely solid. But that just gets me thinking, would we rather have a bad draft with a couple star players up top like we saw last year, which just wasn't a super deep draft, but we got our Lamelo and we got our Ant-Man, uh, <laughs> Anthony Edwards, what, what a legend. Um, or would we rather have a draft like this where – the Warriors got another key first round pick who is already showing out, yeah. and the top si- uh, top five or six picks are all looking like they're going to be legitimate pieces on legitimate teams eventually. You know, assuming Jalen Green can survive the Rockets, but it's looking like Cade is either going to turn the Pistons around or he's going to get out of there eventually, like Anthony Davis did. Yeah, it's looking like this well, draft. Well, is- played for New Orleans, but yeah. But uh, no, 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 I, I know. I'm just similar like, situation. Exactly. Anthony Edwards got drafted to a terrible team, and he got his way right, out of there. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. But um, I'm just suggesting: Would we rather have a draft like this, where there's not one standout star, but someone drafted lower, like Josh Giddy, can still show out and show that there's depth right. in this class? I mean, I don't know what I'd rather have. I I think I think I could go back. I honestly can go back and forth. I think it's honestly a little bit boring. Like I I think back to even like two years ago when when we obviously knew that Zion was going to be the number one overall pick. So that kind of it didn't take the buzz out of the draft, but it was more just like okay, there's we we all know who's going to go number one. Um, but and then even with last year's draft in Cade Cunningham going, I mean everyone knew that Cade Cunningham was going to go number one. I mean there was some speculation that Jalen Green was going to go number one, but I everyone knew Cade was going to go number I one. I just looked at the clock. We have to speed through the rest of these I, picks. It's fine. We, we got we can do we. I I believe in us. But all to right. your to your point, I think I think it's pretty interesting when you have like because obviously I think the top ten the top ten of the of this past year's draft all have. All I think can be very, very good players going down the road. But even if you look to this upcoming draft, I mean, you got Chet Holmgren, Paulo Banchero. I think Jabari Smith is honestly a baby KD, if you ask me. I mean, he, yeah, we talked about he, it. He, he, him, even in the loss that they had uh, yesterday, I think at Arkansas, he was 
absolutely magnificent. I absolutely love Jabari Smith. So honestly, Parker, I could go either way. But like you said, I think we're going to move on from this one. Now we're going to talk about our who we think is the most improved player so far in the NBA season. Parker, I'm also going to let you go first with this, with this one. This is a terrible pick by me because I know you're, <laughs> you're supposed to pick a player who was bad the year before. I'm going to pick a player. Well, it doesn't have to be bad, just maybe like right. not. But last year it was. Hasn't, um, shown, his, hasn't it, shown his true potential. Exactly. And that's where I'm leaning with this because this isn't a player. This is a player who's having a breakout year but isn't necessarily having his only breakout year. Right. He's been good before. He's, yeah, he's been a fine player. But he's never this. been consistently good. And uh, and maybe I think he's he, just been I just think he's been consistently I think actually he's been consistently good but just never been consistently great and or, that's sp- what or he spectacular. Is this year. And so I'm if you can't tell where I'm going with this, I'm taking DeMar DeRozan of the Chicago Bulls, the small forward, um who has been a force this year. Keeps dropping absolutely. game winners. Keep dro- keeps dropping ridiculous. thirty point games. <laughs> he, he's an amazing player, and honestly, the number that really jumped. It, usually, you see bigger number jumps, but going from twenty one point six to twenty twenty eight point three points a game in one season, just going Spurs to Bowls. We in like his in like his thirteenth year. Exactly, he is not <laughs> a young man anymore. But he's gone, and he's played every. He has played. He started every single game he played. Obviously, um, that was just slip, but um. Just seeing that he can go from organization to organization, we all kind of batted our eyes at this move. Right. We did not think that him going from the Spurs to the Bulls was going to be a big deal. We thought we definitely placed much more emphasis on Ball and Levine, and we barely talk about those two well, anymore. I just, I well, I think it was reasonable because like when when obviously DeRozan left Toronto and then went to the Spurs, the Spurs when he went to San Antonio, he, I mean, he wasn't bad, but he definitely had like a a, a slight drop off. I mean, oh yeah, twenty one point two, twenty two, twenty one. Everyone in the situation just equated that to be like, oh yeah, he's getting over his career. I mean, maybe obviously the league has seen this guy for so long. I mean, there's so much tape on this guy. I mean, it wasn't obviously bad, but it's just like, oh, I mean, we probably we've probably seen the best of Demar. Um, absolutely not. I mean, this guy has absolutely. I mean, he's honestly t- kind of taken over, taken over the NBA a little bit. I mean, not. Yeah. I mean, his numbers, especially in his past like ten games. I mean, he's averaging like thirty five points a game. It's absolutely ridiculous. Right. So I, I yeah. think I actually think that's a decent pick. Part take it to yours. I actually, but I think mine. I think actually mine is probably a little bit more out there. But I honestly think is I honestly think it's correct. Like I honestly. Call call me call me call me call us a hot take if you want. I honestly believe this is the right pick. I've heard a lot of Jabba's. I but... I've heard that too, but I I I I'm not saying that's wrong. But I th- I feel like if you're because when I look when I view most improved player, I I like I said I feel like when I the thing that obviously stands out to me is a player who maybe doesn't have the most minutes and maybe doesn't have the best stat line, but then once they get those minutes and once they get and once they get those more the more opportunity, the more they show out, and that's what really I look at. So for for my pick, I am going with Portland's Anthony Simons, and I don't Ooh. I honestly don't think everyone honestly know who's who this guy is generally, but they honestly should now. I mean, like you said, there's been a lot of buzz around John Morant, Miles Bridges, even a Desmond Bain. I I love Desmond Bain, but I still think Anthony Simons probably is more deserving. Last season, Parker, this guy, Anthony Simons. Eight point, nearly eight points a game, two boards, one assist. And fun fact, he was actually the dunk contest winner last year in an actual watchable dunk hmm. contest. Um, but then this season, Parker, looking at a stat line, 
17 points per game, three boards, four assists, and shooting 40% from three, and nearly 90% from the free throw line. So even oh. if you even if you are able to hack this guy down and not let him score, he's still going to just make the make the free throws. Crazy fact, he's better than LeBron at free throw shooting. <laughs> he's a better be, than Giannis. <laughs> does that make him the best player on the planet? Oh my god, I can't I can't deal with you sometimes. But here's an even crazier stat, Parker. Since Damian Lord went out with that injury, um, like it was, I think it was like early, early January. So it was, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was definitely, it was at least two months ago. It was a long time. Yeah, it's been a while. And then this stat was taken right before the All Star break. So in that bout, in about, um, it was month what? and a half. Yeah, month about a month and a half. This guy, Parker Simons, twenty three points per game, Ooh. three boards, and six assists. And then in his past, like I this, I don't have this down, but in his past, like since the since the McCollum trade, he even got better. He was averaging nearly like twenty seven points per game. And this guy, the more as soon as the as soon as the Trailblazers have given this guy more minutes, I mean he's essentially he's essentially baby Damian Lillard. I mean they've essentially have found their McCollum and Damian Lillard replacement immediately. Ooh. And this this is a guy. And they're still in the playing he, race. This is a guy who had a very um, on unorthodox uh, journey into the NBA. I mean, it was actually commonplace about 20 years ago, but skipped college because he was old enough to just be registered for the NBA draft. He never went to college, and then uh, his rookie year, like played most of the time with the G League, and then and then he played he played for them in the, uh, in the 2020 season and 2021 season, but was just essentially a, a, a role player off the bench, averaging like six or seven points, like I was saying. And then as soon as they made this guy a starter and give him more minutes, he's been dropping. I mean, he's averaging 20 points per game as soon as they've been making him, making him the starter. So I absolutely love this guy. If you, I highly suggest go watching his tape. He's great. He honestly, he reminds me of kind of, kind of a combination of both Ja Morant and Russell Westbrook. I mean, some guy, or, or he's a guy who, with the ball, is extremely quick. I mean, it's, I mean, we honestly don't, I think we honestly underrate speed in the NBA in terms of who is quicker than others. And this, and this is definitely a guy who is quicker than most of your, than most of your guards. Also has a great handle for the ball. I mean, not, obviously not Kyrie Irving, but he. But no, there, there's many. There, you'll see many plays from him where he just absolutely toys with his defender when he has the ball in his hands. And then he's also, like I said, won, he won the dunk cost already, so he, he's extremely athletic. We already know he can shoot the ball. I mean, this is a guy, Parker. I think once, once he has a full season under his belt of playing starter roles, I think he's going to get even better. Right now, Parker, he is my most improved player this season. I very much do not hate that take. Uh, I can definitely. He's not. He's definitely not the favorite to win it as of oh, yet. Not even but close. I think more people need to be recognizing what this guy is doing. If he if he had gotten the full season, in, I'd be more in on it. Okay. Um, but de- definitely, I think. Um, I don't think Demar's going to win it either because I no. think he's already been good I think in the past. If if so, I think Jaw. Uh, I think Jaw probably think, is the best shot. I'm not. Saying I don't that agree Jaw, with it. But I, yeah. Because when I think, because we already knew that Jaw was gonna be exactly. this good, we had no idea. We, I mean, honestly, who even knew? I mean, who essentially this Anthony Simons name. guy I knew he existed, was like I two years ago, and then this guy is already like the best player on Portland. When when you take out CJ and Damian, I mean, this guy, I I think I think I'm not saying that he should stay with Portland because I know they're gonna be in re- uh, rebuilding mode, but I, at least it gives Portland fans at least something to root for going for the future. Um, I want to talk about now, Parker, our picks for defensive player of the year. This one is definitely interesting to me because I feel like there, because obviously there's not a whole lot of stats with defense. It's, it's more just who I, I think honestly this, this is more of a preference uh, yeah. preference award it's a lot more of than test. anything. Um, I'm going to take this one first, and then I'll let you come in after Please. me. 
as much as much as I love maybe a, a Rudy Gobert or a Matisse style. I mean, there's 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 lots of great players. I mean, Kawhi Leonard's obviously out, but he's obviously one of the best defenders in the league when healthy. I I I, I know this guy has been out for now. A, 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 he's been out for I would say an extended period of time as of now, but I still think he probably is deserved. I think he's honestly deserving of this award because once this guy has been out, we we've seen a, a, a drop off defensively from this team. Parker, I think Draymond Green should win the Defensive Player of the Year war again. I mean, he won it back, I think, in 2017. He's always he's always named to the NBA All Defensive list. I mean, that we, we all we all know how, how how good he is. But I think what, what's what's so alarming to me is the drop off that the Warriors have taken. Not not necessarily as a whole, but just on the defensive side of the ball when he's out. I mean, he is he is the captain of that Warriors defense. I mean, he is a guy who literally does everything that the defense asks of him. I mean, he can he can guard your best player. I mean, he can on pick and rolls. He can switch onto any. He can switch onto the bigger guy, or he can guard the he can guard the smaller the smaller guy out out beyond the arc. Um, great. He's a great rebounder. I mean, how many times? I mean, how many times? I think his number one thing. I think people don't recognize his ability to just swipe the ball away from people oh, yeah. in so many different scenarios. His, I mean, his eyes, can be, his vision is great. Yeah, I mean, he can be. I mean, the 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 player he's guarding, they can be either driving to the lane and he'll and he'll get the ball off his hands. They can even be, they can be going up for a jump shot and they'll swipe it away. I mean, he 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 constantly is going for the ball. It's kind of similar to football, like. When um like a, like a Joey Bosa who we all know we all know he's a good pass rusher but every time he rushes for that rushes the rushes the quarterback he's going for that ball it's a kind of it's like it's that same mentality I think Draymond, Draymond Green has so I I know you I know probably it's not probably a popular take since he's been out for a little bit but I still think Draymond Green as of right now is honestly probably the biggest chess chess piece in the NBA on the on the defensive side of the ball because he just how versatile he is and I he. He's not even the most athletic person, Parker, but he just his ability. He knows, like he, he feels like he almost knows what everyone's going to be doing on every single play, because because he studies the he studies the offense so much. I love him, Draymond Green. I know it's probably not the popular pick, but he's my pick so far. Yeah, I don't hate that pick at all. Definitely, I agree. Draymond's a huge impact player, um, and I look forward to seeing the Warriors get back into form once he returns. He's taking steps forward. Um, he will hopefully be returning within the next month. Um, no promises, but I mean, obviously, I'm not making promises. But there's no promises from the Warriors, <laughs> right? Um, and I know it's a co- uh, cop out to pick a back to back because obviously it, it happens sometimes. Uh, and Giannis is also up there on the list again this year, right? Because uh, obviously he's the best player in the league for a reason. Um, but I'm going with Ruby, Rudy Gobert. His impact is too large to ignore. He has missed some time, which is why the Jazz only have the ninth ranked defense. But when he's there. The Jazz easily have a top five, maybe top seven if you want to be, like, really nitpicky about it. But I would give them a top five defense, um, which they need because they're not great offensively. Um, I, I'm not a huge Jazz fan, but Rudy is definitely not the problem with that organization. <laughs> I, I don't I don't really enjoy the Jazz, but I enjoy Rudy Gobert. He's good for 15 rebounds a game, which is an insane average. Yeah. Uh, he's good for two blocks, and he averages a steal a game. Which, for a pro player, is really solid. The highest stealing average in the entire league is just two a game, and it's for not full-time starters who don't play that much. And usually not for big guys. Exactly. So he's got the size, he's got the, he's got the vision, he's one of the leaders on this team, um, which means we also have that impact like we talked about with Draymond. So I don't think the Jazz are true contenders, but I think it's really silly to overlook him, especially considering he's coming off of a defensive player of the year. It does give him a distinct disadvantage in voting, because... Usually, leagues dislike voting for the same player twice. But yeah. didn't Ben Simmons get back to back? He might. Yeah. 
He may have. I don't think. I honestly don't think so. I mean, obviously, his he's, vote might have been blown. He's always in the conversation, exactly. as well as um, not this year. As but. well as obviously not this year, but I mean, so is Embiid uh, when they were playing together. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't hate that pick. I think Rudy Gobert is. Uh, He's a, he's a very controversial player when it comes to uh, statisticians of statisticians of basketball because um, he kind of definitely fits that older mold uh, older mold of what of what you want in a big guy. It's just kind of you're back to the basket and just kind of out muscling people and that, and obviously has no real jump shot game. But in terms of just defensive side of the ball, Parker, you're absolutely right. He's an absolute monster. Um, obviously, we know how good he is at blocking shots. I mean, yeah. just or any, just essentially disrupting anything that comes his way at the rim. I mean, he's obviously. He's he's not he's not one of he is the best in terms of you know defending the rim I think in my opinion yeah. so I think you honestly I think you honestly probably have a better case for me right now just because Draymond Green has been missing time it's interesting because there's Draymond Green and Rudy Gobert are definitely different players um but they but they, like you said they definitely have kind of similar impacts on the defense as a whole which I think is pretty interesting I want to move on though to Coach of the Year and then we'll wrap up with the MVP so we'll just kind of run through this one kind of quickly. I'm gonna start with I'm gonna start with mine. I think I think we've we've been talking about the the Cleveland Cavaliers a lot this season. It's definitely being the most I think shocking team or most unexpected team to have so much success this season. So with that being said, I'm gonna take JB Bickerstaff as my coach of the year so far. Cleveland right now currently Ooh. is fourth in the Eastern Conference, which is still just incredible to Blows me. My mind. Thirty-six and twenty-four, only three and a half games behind first place. And like we were kind of talking about earlier with Evan Mobley, I mean, the fact that that this I I, I keep I feel like a broken record. The fact that that the their starting roster has been this this impactful in this era of the NBA, when the whole the whole ideology, every what everyone's going for, Parker, is spacing on the court. Yeah, that's the that's the goal. It's the goal of NBA offense, especially right now. as we move spacing and three point shooting. Yeah, and the Cleveland Cavaliers are winning games with literally almost three guys on the court. Who are seven feet tall? I mean, it's absolutely insane. And so I have to give it. I have to give JB Bickerstaff some credit. He obviously knows more about basketball than I do. He is my coach of the year so far. Yeah, I definitely don't hate that, especially with this. Feels very much like the Knicks last year, where no one expected them to right, be good. Exactly. Yeah. So, and that is usually a recipe for being good coach of the year. But I'm going to look at other great coaches in sports because we saw Mike Vrabel of the Tennessee Titans in in football winning that coach of the year because he dealt with adversity because he had to power through and make his team be better than it probably had any right to be, especially with that roster. Um, now that said, this team has a great roster. This coach has a great roster to work with, but he also has had to deal with. What we didn't think was, but is now probably one of the more dysfunctional organizations in basketball. Um, I'm taking Monty Williams. Uh, of it's, course, it's ob- it's a little obvious, and I'm obviously I like the Suns, but I don't think it's ever been so locked up. The- their owner has been under investigation the entire year. That organization is in turmoil. It would be the easiest season to just call a wash if they weren't. Getting- I will. I will just combat that by saying. We already knew how good the we already know yes. the Suns made the finals last year. Oh, absolutely. So but what's to say? Have, but you can have a good team, and they're better than they were last year. They were the two that's seed true. Seed. I, and the, I would argue they're going to keep that. the one seed this year. Okay. So they are they're definitely better than they were so, last year. So essentially, the coach and of the year should, know what the recipe so is. Essentially, the coach of the year should be the the coach of the best team. No, I don't. I don't okay. necessarily think that. I don't. I don't think you need to have that to have it locked up. I don't even know if the Suns are the best team. Warriors might be better. We'll, we'll see in the playoffs. Honestly. We we talk about it. the Bucks might be a better team because the Bucks are insane. You have Giannis that might just automatically make you the better team. That said, I think dealing with that adversity, the fact that they're not getting cocky, always speaks to a quality team. Like they're still they're still eight and two in their last ten. Yeah, uh, this I is mean, the part they... in the season where you could let it slip a little bit, especially since you lost CP three. 
They're going to hold it together. I have all the confidence in the world that they're going to hold if, it together. That's actually a good point. If if the Suns are able to, to maintain, if they lock up if that they're one able, to, main, if they're able to maintain their consistency of how well they've been playing without Chris Paul in the court, that will 100% boost uh, Monty Williams' candidacy yeah. for winning Coach of the Year this year. Absolutely. I want to run through MVP just very quickly because me and Parker did talk about this um, on our Thursday episode for um, just our podcast episode. I still have Joel Embiid. And I, I'm still I, taking Jaw. And you're still taking Jaw. I mean, Embiid. I'm moving to more towards Embiid every day. I mean, like, it's I think pretty, yours is the most logical think, pick. Because last year, I think last year, I was. Because I also thought Embiid was going to win it last year. I was, even though he was missing time, I was. I was and he hasn't I was missed claw- any this year. I was, I was hanging on the cliff of, of Embiid was still MVP last season. This season, I'm not working as hard to try to convince people that Embiid is MVP. Just because I you're mean, probably right. Because I because I'm right. I mean, I think I was right last. Se- I was thinking I was right, right last season, but I I I I know I'm right this season. Embiid is just he's an absolute. As much as I will as, say, as much Harden, as we love Giannis. Yeah. Embiid is I I feel like he's. he's I will just, say, Jokic is making a case right now, which I, know, I just I hate. I, I don't know. like because he's not exciting to me. That said, I acknowledge it. And also, Harden starting and playing really well in his debut, which we didn't even have time to talk about today. No. <laughs> um, that could hurt his case a little bit because now the team's going to stay successful with or without yeah. him. That said, he also put up 35 in Harden's debut. Yeah. So I mean, he just needs to keep I his mean, productivity. My God, that, that Sixers debut for Harden. I he mean, always debuted well. We'll and then, see. And then they also had Tyrese Maxey drop 28 in that yeah. game. Oh, if yeah. You, if you're able to get on the Sixers the this year uh, two oh, wait, separate no, performers – who can drop nearly thirty in game without Embiid? I mean, they still had Embiid. Demolish but that, the Timberwolves. I mean, that's that is a Finals favorite in my opinion. I mean, we're talking about the Suns just now, but there, there truly is. I feel like Parker. I think we'll do a segment on this later. I truly feel like there is at least five or six teams this year that have a real shot of winning the Finals, which honestly makes the season that just mo- that much more enjoyable. With that being said, though, we're going to take a very, very, very short break. And then when we come back, we're going to run through who we think are the top five quarterbacks in the NFL heading into next season. Hey, what are you doing? Putting down a layer of asphalt. Well, it sounds terrible. Hold on. Wow, this sounds better. What is it? This is Asphalt, VIC's 90s alternative and indie rock show. Check it out every Wednesday from 10 to 11, only on VIC. 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 Hey you, do you like Stephen Malkmus or Pavement or Stephen Malkmus and the Jicks or any other Stephen Malkmus related projects? We've got it all here on Asphalt on VIC every Wednesday from 10 to 11. Here on Commercial 3 VIC. made it through another long week and there's no better way to celebrate than taking a trip down the scenic route on vic radio join us every friday night at 10 as we explore the best of folk and americana stopping at all our classic favorites and discovering a new unique voices along the way sit back and enjoy the view only on vic radio Now back to the discussion. You are listening to VIC Weekend Sports Talk Shows. So to wrap up, to wrap up the show today, me and Parker will be re, will be revealing our top five quarterbacks that we think thinking uh, heading into the season. Um, so we're just going to run through these kind of quickly because we obviously are a little bit short on time. Parker, I'm going to let you start first, 
Um, we're going. We're going to go five. We're going to go five to one in that order. Uh, Parker, take it away, my friend. I'm just going to go real quick. Um, honorable mentions. Obviously, I am shocked that Justin Herbert didn't sneak on here, um, especially considering how a- AFC heavy my list is. Uh, also, oh, Kyler Murray. I need to see a little. I need to see him stay healthy. Uh, in order for me to put them on here, I think both of them are real Super Bowl contenders this upcoming season, though. So I love them both. Number five is going to be Matt Stafford. Proved a lot of my doubts wrong, especially in that Super Bowl. That said, I think they may have won in spite of him. I definitely think he helped. <laughs> uh, but Cooper Cup is definitely uh, helping on that hard carry. He did overcome a lot of injuries. So I yeah. think due, due credit needs to be given. He is better than Jared Goff, though that might not be saying much. Sean McVay definitely helps a lot. But his arm is still a cannon. He is still a great signal caller. Um, no issue with that. Number four, I'm putting Lamar Jackson. Uh, I know you're going to think it's wah, overrated. Wah. I know you think it's overrated. Um, uh, but he got hurt this year. If he wasn't hurt this year, the Ravens are in the playoffs, and who knows what happens then. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's a statistical fact. If Lamar, Jackson, <laughs> if Lamar Jackson isn't hurt, the Ravens were going to the playoffs this year. Um, I mean, I, I just like to have quarterbacks who can throw the ball consistently. That's, oh, just, that's just my opinion. Oh, man. He threw the ball pretty consistently against the Chiefs week, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, who, fumbled, now, who fumbled the ball to lose the game? Us did? Okay. Yeah, you guys did. Okay. Yeah, you guys so did. So Lamar didn't. So, okay. All right. All right. Um, but number three, I'm going Joe Burrow. As much as it pains me to do it, uh, the man is amazing. He beat Mahomes twice. And while you can put on that on refs, you can put that on whatever you want, he beat Mahomes twice in, in Arrowhead. I, I know it's not called Arrowhead anymore, but I don't care. Um, his, his arm's great. Um, and honestly, I still don't know if his coach is great. Now, a lot of credit does go to his weapons, but he got that team to the Super Bowl on not a lot of talent on that team. They have a ton of cap space. They're just going to be better next year, and Burrow is a real reason that this Bengals team's turning it around. Number two, I've got Josh Allen. He, he almost outdueled Mahomes. It, he was gonna. He threw nine uh, nine touchdowns in two playoff games, almost demolished that record. And uh, if number one wasn't who number one is, Josh Allen's probably in the Super Bowl. Um, and that's I could talk about it more, but number one is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he had a rough year. It is it's hard to not put him number one though. Like this is the worst year he's ever had as a full time starter, and he still was almost a Super Bowl Him-y, quarterback. He nearly made the Super Bowl. Again. He's so he's so good. It's obnoxious. Um, that said, he does need to prove that he doesn't shrink in these big moments now because he got a little <laughs> jittery now. He got a little jittery in that second half against oh, the Bengals. Man. Um, that said, I don't have a t- I don't have a ton of doubt. I have a little bit of concern. I'm now watching right. him a little more closely. But Mahomes is still number one. It's gonna take it's gonna take a pretty significant change between either Allen going God mode next season or Mahomes having another shaky year for me to for this to change. So that yeah, to run it back again, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Jackson, Stafford. Give me yours. Uh, before I give you mine. I mean, have you forgot about Aaron Rodgers? I haven't I mean, forgotten. I mean, back to back MVP winner. I understand, but that's NFL. regular season. That that's regular so season only. It's, I want a QB football. who can win me a Super Bowl. <laughs> football. I want a QB so who plays the regular season. <laughs> I want a QB who I believe can win me okay. the Super Bowl. All right, fine, whatever. I'm gonna run through mine right now, starting with number. Well, actually, no, excuse me. Honorable mentions, just quickly. Um, this could be probably these same, could, these same could, honorable. Yeah, mentions. these could be. These are essentially my uh, I'll honorable mention Aaron Rodgers. Okay, fine. Um, yeah, so these could be, be like, like my six or seven picks, or, or they're essentially tied in my book. Um, honorable mentions are just Justin Herbert and Kyler Murray. Twins. Um, <laughs> definitely not. Um, no, 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 no. I'm saying we pick the same honorable mentions. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, because so, they're very, they're very different. Extremely. Looking. One's like six six, and one's five seven, maybe. Yeah. But I, the whole thing with Kyler Murray and the, and, and <laughs> he's the, six one. 
Kyler Murray? I'm pretty sure he's like 5'11". No, absolutely not. I'm looking that up while you go. Go. maybe 5'9". Maybe. Mm, I can't believe you don't know about this. Come on, Parker. Either way, Justin Herbert and Kyler Murray are my honorable mentions. Now let's get to the actual list. Number five, I got Joe Burrow. Number five, I got Joe Burrow. Um, Like you said, won twice at GH Field at Arrowhead Stadium. Um, or actually, no, he won one once, but he beat the Chiefs twice uh, throughout the year. I thought they were both in. I thought no, they were both. the first one's in Cincinnati. Oh, okay, my bad. You screwed me up on that one. I'm blaming you for that one. My bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, Joe Burrow. He absolutely he impressed me on almost all fronts this season. I mean, like I've talked about him a lot before. I mean, he's he's a quarterback that doesn't have a lot of flash or doesn't have a lot no. of like it factor when you just kind of look at him on the field. But he just finds ways to make plays, and that's what I love about him. Like, no matter what the situation is, I mean, it could be a third and nine, and he just, and he just runs through the middle and gets the first down, or he makes a laser pinpoint throw that honestly looks a lot like Tom Brady, as much as it pains me to say. I mean, I think Cincinnati are truly lucky to have him as a quarterback going forward. I don't think he's the best in, in his conference, but I think he can ultimately— I mean, I think I think we're going to be seeing a lot more Joe Burrow in AFC Championship games going forward. So I think I, I got Joe Burrow number five. Number four, I think you're actually giving him not enough credit. I, That's I, probably fair. I, I think Matthew Stafford has truly proven to people that he is uh, amongst the elite quarterbacks in the NFL, in NFL right now. Now that he is off Detroit, I think he can truly show how good he is. I think I think next season, though, Parker, is going to be truly an indicator of how good he truly is. I 100%. Mean, can he, That's going to be can, a big tell. Can he repeat the success that he had this season? Um, obviously, winning the Super Bowl is incredibly difficult, but I think even even if he gets to like the NFC Championship game, I think he'll he'll, he'll firmly he'll firmly prove that he's amongst the yeah, best. Yeah, I need I need two more playoff wins. Okay, two I more playoff two more wins. Playoff All right, or or a buy and a playoff win. All right, fair enough. Top three though, coming with, coming in number three. I got Josh Allen. I know you got number two, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put him at number three because because of the peaks and valleys that we have seen. Um, from what we've seen if, until the playoffs, but yeah, well, that's yeah. no, that's totally fair. Playoff, that's true. I mean, playoff Josh Allen. I mean, now I'll I mean, take playoff Josh I'll Allen. Take almost, playoff, almost any. I mean, playoff Josh Allen is. I mean, right up there with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's how good Josh Allen has become. Playoff Burrow versus playoff Allen is going to be a real conversation. I mean, going the AFC, well, the, the AFC, AFC quarterbacks so in general NFC. are just insane. But <laughs> the AFC is so great. But the only the real the only reason why I don't have uh, a little bit higher is because there are times during out. It could be even the playoffs or the regular oh, season. Doesn't he matter. lost to Jacksonville. I mean, six yeah, to nine I mean, against Jacksonville. Because there, cause there are issues. games where he just seems to maybe just get in his head or just doesn't have a good feel, and maybe he can get a little bit wild at times too. I think honestly, and I they mean, did lose their OC. They did lose. They Brian did. Dable. I mean, I think uh, it's honestly, I'm not going to be too surprised if maybe he takes just a slight step back. I expected I, that this I th- year. But though. I think honestly, his talent is just too much to. I think it's honestly he has too much talent to to honestly take a step. I wonder back. who I your think, top two are. I think. Well, I mean, I think everyone kind of knows. I mean. Aaron Rodgers, I know, I know you honestly don't like him as much because of what he did in the playoffs. My this whole past thing season. is just that I don't, I wouldn't want him going forward. Like I, okay. if I'm but building is, a team, I don't want to build around Aaron though. Rodgers. This is next season. I mean, he's still, he's won back to back MVPs. I mean, what more do you want? That's from him? fair. I so guess that's I got fair. Rodgers at number two. I know he, I know obviously he had a very, uh, uh, he didn't have a good moment in the in the playoffs against Forty ers I understand that. That was gross. But I, I, I still like him a lot. I mean, he. I mean, his arm talent is is generational. Well, honestly, oh, I mean, besides best him, deep ball besides him, Mahomes, the the and then maybe Stafford. I mean, it's unbelievable what he could he do. He might have the best deep ball in the history of the league. No, I think Russell Wilson. Russell, Russell Wilson. Russell then Wilson. Maybe yeah. So Aaron Rodgers is still uh, the, Parker. I think is a little bit disrespecting him, but I think Aaron Rodgers. Is still oh, I'm a, definitely an incredible. Him a little. I think he's an incredible quarterback still. And then obviously number one, we got Pat. 
Mahomes. I'm not going to call him the Grim Reaper anymore because of what happened. That ended and then, immediately. And then, God, immediately. I loved the nickname so much, and then he had to go and choke it, it in the second half of the AFC Championship game. The oh, Grim Reaper God. came out and died. It, it, Sorry, dude. So, super death. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe Burrow, the only person who was able who's able to take out the Grim Reaper besides Tom Brady. Um, but yeah, Patrick Mahomes still still the best quarterback. He's still got the best roster in the NFL going into next season. I I love Patrick Mahomes to death. That being said, we're going to talk about the two minute warning now. As wrapping up the show, we got another uh, interesting one here for uh, for you guys today. Another fan question. Another fan question that we got. Um, as soon as we walked in the building, we got another guy who kind of was like, "Hey, you, got, you guys going? On, you guys doing the show today?" He's like, "Yeah, we got, I got a fan question for you." Um, so the question today is, do you have anything – uh, do you do anything for your voices since you do radio and podcasting? Is there any, like, certain treatments do you have, you know? Because I know people do something for, like – and obviously there's treatments for different, like, singers and all that stuff. So, Parker, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you – I'm actually going to let you take this one first. So – um, a little thing. Uh, so I'm a singer, so obviously I do some vocal warm-ups. I uh, tend to drink some tea, especially in these drier winter months. But I heard a little rumor about you, Josh. Oh, okay. That <laughs> it, it, that when you need when you know you have to go on air, that you hop in your car and you turn up Rascal Flatts' "Life Is a Highway," <laughs> and that is your go-to. Oh, That's your hard God. bop. You sing to it. You get your pipes nice and warmed up. Is there any validity to that rumor? There might be a little bit, but I actually heard uh, I heard something about you as well. I heard that before you go on air, you sit in your Jeep in in the in the parking lot and you listen to that Jim Nance or I think it's Jim Nance, that call of Lamar doing doing the spin of, oh, of he broke oh, his ankles. Oh, he now broke he's his got ankle. And you just and you just scream that in your car until your voice is ready to come on air. Is, that, is that true? Is that your warm up? Uh, it, it's a it's an entire Lamar highlight reel, to be honest. Oh, okay. it, it's All he right. is Houdini. Yeah. Uh, but that said, yes, absolutely yeah. correct. Okay. Yep. Hundred percent. I had no doubt in my mind. <laughs> With that being said, though, that is going to wrap up our show today here on VIC Radio. Be sure to go check out HY Sports on all social media platforms. And with that being said, we'll see you guys next week.